The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. And we welcome you to another week of Grace and Focus from the Grace Evangelical Society. So glad that you are with us on this Monday as we began a mini-series this week about the New Testament phrase, Adoption as Sons. Not used very many times, what did it mean in New Testament times? And what should it mean to us today? Our panelists today include Bob Wilkin, Steve Elkins, and Ken Yates. I think you're going to find it very interesting. Before we commence that discussion, let me remind you that our website is faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. Go there to find our resources, books, audio discussions, thousands of articles there. And it's all about the free grace message that we proclaim. Also, very important right now, time is almost of the essence for getting in on our 2023 National Conference, the Grace Evangelical Society's Annual Conference. The dates are May 22nd through the 25th. You can find out more about that on our website as well. And here's Bob Wilkin with a comment about that national conference. I really like the conference because it's a wonderful opportunity to get together with friends from all over the country who are strong on the grace of God. And I find myself very encouraged. Thank you, Bob Wilkin. And friend, get registered today for the National Conference, May 22nd through the 25th. Our theme this year, Vital Free Grace Issues. Find out all the details and get registered at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. Now, here are Bob, Steve, and Ken with today's discussion. This is Ken Yates. And I'm here with a couple of theological giants, and I'm here to learn from them, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. First of all, Steve, why don't you introduce yourself? Steve Elkins, good to be here. Okay. And I'm Bob Wilkin. El Jefe, the boss. Good to be here, too. He's here. Steve is invading the office, and he wants to talk about a particular topic. And, and by the way, Steve is a fellow graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary, and was your major uh, systematic theology? It was. Didn't you write your thesis on Lordship Salvation? Sure did. Was it under Zane Hodges? It was under Craig Glickman, but I ah. spent all my time in Hodges' office. There you and go. You were how long with Young Life? Many years. 30 plus. And mm-hmm. Hodges would come almost every year oh, to speak every to year, Young Life staff? Yeah, every year to our house, we'd have 30, 40, 50 people there that were Young Life leaders and some committee people. He would bring a topic for about 15 minutes that was hot and saucy, if you will. (laughs) We'd bombard him with questions. The ticket for the people to get in that night was to have a question for him. So we'd break for dessert. Then we would come back with our questions on anything, psychology, Bible, theology, you name it. And it was amazing. Those were really great times. And that went on for decades? Yeah. You know, at many of our conferences, you'd see him wearing Young Life shirts, and that was because of Steve. (laughs) Anyway, then you went on to pastor for many years, too. Right. Believer's Bible Church down in Corsicana, and then just recently at Coppell Bible Fellowship, which is a great free grace church. Right. So it's great having Steve here. It's great. And he wants to talk about something a little bizarre. I mean, it's not bizarre, but he keeps using this Greek phrase Uh, and it's Greek word. This is something really not controversial at all. It's called the huiathesia. It's used four or five times in the New Testament and translated adoption or adoption as sons or placement as sons, usually just translated adoption. But it means something a little more than our normal English understanding of adoption. This was something that went on, it's well documented, 500 years before Christ, but throughout the Greco-Roman world, the Romans loved this so much, they actually adopted the Greek name of it, the Huiathesia. A Huios is a son. Mm -hmm. If you look at Lao and Nida in their book on the domains of words, 
they list 17 domains or fields of meaning just for the word son. Wow. It could be a citizen or it could be a lot of other things that we might not associate with it. But one of the main meanings and very important in the book of Hebrews is a legal heir son, in particular when it comes to inheriting, say, the prototokia, the double portion inheritance of the firstborn, the prototokos. And that's a major theme in the book of Hebrews. At any rate, the huiathesia in ancient times was a kind of a celebration where at the time of the father's choosing, which is called the prothesmia, the father would decide when he wanted to adopt, that's what it's called, adopt his son. Now, it could be someone that's not even his blood son. Maybe he doesn't have a male heir. So this father could adopt, if you will, a slave or someone he thinks very highly of. If you think of the movie Gladiator, you got Maximus, and he was this top general, and he was a number one man to Marcus Aurelius, the emperor at the time. Marcus Aurelius had a son named Commodus. Now, the Hollywood, as usual, takes a lot of liberty, so it's not quite accurate historically. Commodus was a rascal, but in real life, Aurelius and his son Commodus got along well. And it says on July 7th, 175 AD, on the Danube River, Commodus received his toga virilis. Well, that happens at the Huiathesia, the celebration, where it's a public, usually it's a big party, and the father will take his son, whom he's, quote, adopted. He will say before all, in essence, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He's my legal heir. And formally, he takes off the toga infantilis and puts on the toga virilis. And this was a ceremony that they went through, not just Roman, but Greek too. It was throughout the ancient world at that time, especially among the upper class. So interestingly, Marcus Aurelius and Commodus ruled together as co-rulers, emperors, co-emperors from 177 until Aurelius' death in 180. Uh And Commodus went on a little after that. He was a rascal, but not like the movie portrays. Yeah, in the movie, he's really bad. Now, in the movie, what would have happened, Maximus who wasn't even Aurelius' blood son, but he loved him so much, he would have gone through the Huiathesia, the placement as a son, and he would have received the toga virilis and, and become the firstborn, if you will, inherited all of that. And Commodus would have been what Hebrews 12.8 calls anathos, a non-legal heir son, even though he's blood-related. For us to be a huios in the Hebrews 12 sense, We've got to go through the Metacoy training program of Hebrews 12, 3 through 8, where he deals with us as with huioi, sons, and he gives us tough training, paideia, and the verb paiduo is used also. Mm-hmm. 12, 8 climaxes with, and if we are without this training by which all Metacoy have been produced or made or born, then we are nathos, or nathoi, plural, and not huioi. So in a sense, the enthronement day in Hebrews 1 is really a huiathesia. When God says before all the angels and all creation and all the people who've entered the kingdom in their earthly bodies and all the saved, this big celebration on the enthronement day, he says, you are my son. Today I've begotten you in fulfillment of the Davidic covenant. And he's the Messiah king that's going to rule in the kingdom. He inherits the whole world. But he's also anointed alongside his companions, the Metacoy, who are also firstborn sons, plural, who followed their captain trailblazer, Hebrews 2.10 and other places in Hebrews, through the path of suffering like he went through. 
our Lord earned this throne that he has, and the Medicoi earn it too by finishing strongly and following their Savior even through the sufferings and so forth. Don't most of the translations for Nathos or Nathoi here in the plural, yeah. isn't it normally translated illegitimate? It is, and unfortunately we hate to complain about translations, but here's one where it's really not accurate. And what should it be translated? It should be translated as a non-legal heir son. That's what it was. So weoi doesn't just mean son. Like you say, there's 17 different meanings within its range of meaning. Yes. Here, it would be the legal son. The legal son in particular, 1216, who gets the prototokia, 1223, who's one of the firstborn sons that gets the double portion. That doesn't just include double portion, but prestige, power, position. They were the head of the family, et cetera, et cetera. And so you're saying Nathoi is basically someone who is a son. Yep. But he is not the legal heir. Exactly. And so as children, we always need to repeat this. As children, we're all heirs of God. Right. We're all going to be in heaven, have a glorified body. Romans 8, 17, Absolutely. But we're not all co-heirs with the firstborn. Right. Gets- Would it be better to, for English speakers to use a different term? All believers in this sense are children. Yeah. But not all are sons. That's absolutely true. That, that, I think that would yeah. help because what yeah. we're saying is the metacoy that Steve is talking about are those who are mature sons, those who are like the son who's going to inherit mm-hmm. everything. And so metacoy is not true for all believers. They're partners with Christ. They're the ones who's going to reign with Christ and the ones who are going to enter into this privileged position, privileged rewards. And so I think it would be, for me, it's better to use the terms children versus son. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Turn to Romans 8 real quickly, because this idea that you just brought up is back-to-back with the adoption, the Huyathasia. In Romans 8, 14, it says, not every child of God is a son of God. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. He elabor- and Mary uses the word weos. Yes. yes, and he elaborates on this in Galatians 4, where we are children also if we are still under the law. It's only a mature son who is led by the Spirit who is a son. Otherwise, we're a child if we're still legalistic. So, Steve, some people hear you saying, well, you can be a believer, but you're not a son of God. That's right. And that is what you're saying, but you're not saying you can be a believer and not be a child of God. Exactly. And you can't lose your salvation. Right. Absolutely. Yes. So to be a child of God is to be part of his family. To be a son of God is to be part of the ruling group of his family. Right. And even in this life, being a son of God is a mature son as opposed to an immature child. And this may sound strange, but we use... Very similar phraseology. For example, if if a man has a, a son, a, a child, and it's an infant and it's growing up, that's his child. But we use a phrase, when that boy grows up, if he becomes like his father, we'll say, boy, you can tell that's Bill's son. Yeah. That's Bill's son there. Why? Because he acts like Bill. Right. He's been trained up. Yeah. He he has his father's mannerisms. Yeah. And, and we can say... We might say the phrase, he's a chip off the old block, but we'll also say, that's Bill's son right there. Right. Because we see Bill in him. But if the opposite was true, and the boy grew up and was rebellious and was uh, a a, a dope addict and everything else, you'd say... That's not Bill's son. Exactly. You'd say he's he's his his child, <laughs> he's his but child. he's not his son. And and to me, that's as cl- 
in our culture, that's pretty parallel to what's going on here. You know, so we use this phrase, phraseology yeah. as well. Well, there's more to say about the we of the sea next time on this passage. That is great. And that's a great place to stop leading into our next section of Grace and Focus. And until we do that, remember, let's, let's keep, keep grace in focus. Bob Wilkins' great book, The Ten Most Misunderstood Words in the Bible, is available half price right now in the GES bookstore, faithalone.org. Go there and use the code word MISUNDERSTOOD for 50% off through March the 31st, 2023. Did you miss an episode of Grace in Focus that you really wanted to hear? Just come to faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We have all our past episodes right there on the site. In addition, we have all kinds of free resources available for you. It's all designed to help you mature and grow in your understanding of Scripture. So come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On this program, we keep our requests for financial partners to a minimum. But if you are interested in becoming a financial partner with Grace and Focus, you can find out how to do that at faithalone.org. Our team is really great about answering questions, comments, and feedback. If you've got some, we hope to hear from you. Let me give you our email address so you can do just that. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode of Grace in Focus, we continue the discussion about adoption as sons. I hope you'll join us next time for Grace in Focus. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.